MSW Media. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. This is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Recently, I composed a poem inspired by the inimitable Dr. Seuss. It's a hopeful poem one that projects to the post-COVID future we're all longing for. It's called, Oh, the Places You'll Go Drink, and here it is. Congratulations. The virus has gone away. You're off to drink whiskey. You're off and away. You have money in your wallet. You have a great thirst for booze. You can get a cocktail or shot, any place you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you think. And you are the one who'll decide what to drink. You'll look at cocktail lists. Look them over with care. About some you will say, I don't choose to go there. With your wallet full of money and a thirst that is great, you're too smart to drink anything second rate. You may not find Woodford or Michter's or Whistlepig, but don't fret, oh no, you'll find something to swig. There's a Kentucky bourbon trail for you to avail. On that trail, things can happen and frequently do to devoted whiskey drinkers as thirsty as you. And then things start to happen. Don't worry, don't stew. Just enjoy that angel's envy, aged in char number two. Oh, the places you'll go drink. You will come to a place where the entrance is not marked. They call it a speakeasy. It's cool and it's dark. A place you could drink scotch or vodka or even gin. Do you dare to stay out? Hell no, you're going in. It's happy hour, after all. Not to celebrate would be a sin. And when you go in, oh, what will you try? An old-fashioned? A mint julep? Or a caraway rye? You could drink something neat or with an ice cube. With so many options, I'm afraid you will find it's hard for a mind-maker-upper to make up her mind. You've been stuck at home forever, all that waiting and staying but now you can go to where the cover bands are playing. All the bars have reopened. Once more, you're riding high. Ready for the next round, oh my. Because you're a next round buying kind of guy. Oh, the places you'll go. There is beam to be sipped. There are friends to be hugged, bartenders to be tipped. And the magical things you can do in a bar will serve as a reminder of how awesome things are. The quarantine is over. You're as happy as can be, and maybe someday there'll be football on TV. It's been so long since everything went wrong. The truth is that 2020 has been a very tough year. You've suffered greatly. You've cried many tears. Life is hard, whether you like it or not. And alone is something you've been quite a lot. When you were alone, there's a very good chance you missed going out and socializing. You missed wearing pants but you held it together, donning masks, doing zooms, and even though at times you were running on fumes. 
But on you went, though the world had gone crazy. On you kept going, even when you felt lazy. You homeschooled your kids while working two jobs. Onward you trudged. You were up to the task. Though, let's face it, at times, you really needed your flask. Now you were back having a cocktail at your favorite bar. You took an Uber, not your car. And you've forgotten your problems, whatever they are. The world is still mad, of course, as you already know. There's a strange new normal. It's like any normal you've known. So be sure when you imbibe, do so with care and moderation. And remember that life's both a tragedy and a celebration. Just never forget to work hard at being happy. And never mix up your ten high with your pappy. And will you be okay? Yes, you will indeed. 98 and three quarter percent guaranteed. Friend, you'll raise many a toast. So, be it Makers or Bakers or Noah's Mill or George T. Stagg, Bullet or Heaven Hill, you're off to have whiskey. Today is the day. Your bar stool is waiting. So get on your way. The end. After a quick word about one of our beloved advertisers, I'm going to tell you about some adult beverages that are a great addition to any home bar. Stuff you need to make martinis. And I'm going to tell you a little story about my earliest days living in Los Angeles. So stay tuned for that. Folks, I've never admitted this on the show before, but I'm a guy. Yeah, it's true. And as a guy, I'm here to tell you that so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair. That's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months, so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. Keeps treatments typically take between four to six months to see results, so it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. Treatments start at just $10 per month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. That's right, free. How? Well, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash drinking. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash drinking to receive your first month of treatment for free. Take care of your hair, and your hair will take care of you. Hi, this is Curtis Robinson. I'm um, host of Hunter Gathers, the podcast of Hunter S. Thompson Stories, and you're listening to Dan Dunn, a man who uh, drops Hunter S. Thompson's name more than uh, the good doctor dropped acid. I was on the Adam Carolla show, as I do, usually on there once a month doing some uh, adult beverage-themed segment. And this month was no different. We did martinis this time out. And I've got a bunch of people writing me on social media asking what we everything that we had in that segment. So I figured I'd just lay it out for you because you know what? Who can't use a good martini right now, right? Um, we made 
We made a red classic gin martini. We made a dirty martini. We made a Vesper. We did a 50-50 martini. We were all over the place. Okay, so I'm going to let you know these are all great products for your home bar if you're going to be making martinis. Okay, the gin that we used was Sipsmith. Uh, Sipsmith was founded in 2009 uh, by three friends, and they set up London's uh, first traditional copper pot distillery in nearly 200 years. And the mission was to bring London dry gin back to the city where it first earned its name. Sipsmith's a quintessential expression of a classic London dry style gin. It's got a very gentle mouth feel. After you get that initial juniper that you're going to taste in, in most gins, then you get this growing sweetness and there's some lemon tart and orange marmalade. Uh, and then you get a little lemon zest in there as well. It's a very bold. It's bold on the juniper. It's uh, some light dryness to it. And the flavors are really in harmony in that gin. It's 33 bucks a bottle for Sipsmith, okay? The vodka we used is an unusual one that I just love called Haku. Haku Vodka. It's the only vodka made 100% from Japanese white rice that gets filtered through bamboo charcoal. Bamboo charcoal. Uh, again, it's, it's koji rice. They create the mash. They distill it. And they distill it again, and uh, and then it's blended through this and goes through this charcoal in Osaka, Japan. It's a unique process, uh, unique to Suntory, who makes it, and it's a great cocktail, obviously for a martini. It's why I used it. But it's also great in a highball, which is just you know the vodka haku soda and a lemon peel. Also, you can eat it with sushi, Japanese curry. It's delicious, and that goes for twenty eight dollars a bottle. The haku. The vermouth that we used is Alessio uh, vermouth dry. It's uh, it was inspired by a 19th century Italian recipe. It's made with aged Italian white wine and, and aromatized uh, herbs and spices from the Piedmont region of Italy. And this is just an homage to uh, you know to the old school uh, vermouths. It's very aromatic, savory, salinity, herbal character. And then it's got a very balanced and dry finish. That's Alessio Vermouth. That's what we use. We also, when we made the Vesper, we used a Aquina Lero Dior. That's K-I-N-A and then La Aero, like airplane, and Dior, the golden airplane. Aquinas were originally created in the late 19th century to make quinine more palatable when uh, they used it for medicinal purposes. So this is an Alps Provence style quina, white wine from Piedmont again. It's infused with chinchona bark, um, which gives produces quinine the principal bitter taste. It's got some orange peel, wormwood, exotic spices in there. It's really good again in a mart in the Vesper, but also as a, in a Corpse Survivor number two as well. It's just got this deep golden hue, and it's, uh, oh man, it's such a good, good, good drink. The olive brine that we used for the Dirty Martinis is Dirty Sioux. It's the highest quality olive juice on the market. Get Dirty Sioux. And all the barware we had came from CocktailKingdom.com. You got to have good equipment if you're going to make drinks at home. I can't recommend anything more highly than CocktailKingdom.com. They got everything on there, and they got a lot of really cool stuff. So go there and check it out. Oh, my dog just came in and is having a little drink. I'll have one too. Mm-mm. So as uh, promised, I got a story to tell you. I got a little story to tell. This is um, this is from the when I first moved to Los Angeles with dreams of Hollywood glory 
And I put this story in my first book, Nobody Likes a Quitter and Other Reasons to Avoid Rehab. And I'm going to tell it to you right now. Here we go. The first time I phoned after one of those just too long pauses, he, quote, wasn't in. So I left a brief, casual yet firm message on Mr. Fong's voicemail. Eight frustrating days and four unreturned calls later, I called again and finally got someone on the line who identified herself as Mr. Fong's assistant. He's not available right now, she hissed, her voice dripping with contempt. You'll have to leave your number. I've left my number too many damn times already, I counter-hissed, my patience wearing thinner than Kate Moss on a three-month protein diet. I'm sorry, who did you say you were with, she asked. With? I'm not with anyone. And what difference does it... Look, could you please just explain to me why Mr. Fong is unfailingly unavailable? Mr. Fong is in a meeting. Okay, sure. L.A. has its challenges. Homicidal traffic, corrupt cops, high rent and earthquakes, hordes of people who dress better than you. It all goes with the town. But nobody should have to take this kind of abuse. Mr. Fong, I told his assistant, is always in a meeting. Everyone in this damn town is always in a meeting. Tell me, because you seem to be very astute. Is anybody in Los Angeles capable of of, of doing Anything without having a meeting about it first? Sure, she sneered. Click. She hung up on me. Hey, did I mention that Mr. Fong was my dry cleaner? Check that. Fong was my Hollywood dry cleaner. That does not, of course, necessarily mean that he was located in Hollywood any more than I live, quote, in L.A. Santa Monica is its own city now, isn't it? It's a case of attitude outranking geography. But being a Hollywood dry cleaner meant that Mr. Fong took meetings all day long. I'm sure these included important concept development sessions with the screenwriter who drove the delivery truck, the actress who worked the steam press, and the producer who parked cars at the restaurant across the street, all of whom, incidentally, would likely have ignored my calls as well had the opportunity presented itself. This pervasive snubbishness stems from the commonly held notion that at any given moment, one standing in the Hollywood community can be measured in direct proportion to who you can afford to not call back. It's a brutal food chain, and the only possible reason I often go weeks without calling my mother. The callback is how you let people know what kind of leverage you've got in this town, explained my friend and quasi-career counselor, Wendy, who had recently been elevated to the rank of junior executive at a cable network. Wendy celebrated her promotion by waiting nearly three days before returning a call to former Too Close for Comfort star Jim J. Bullock. She likened my stints as a rather successful newspaper columnist in Aspen and Phoenix to being a big fish in a little pond. Yeah, 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 now that I'm in L.A., I'm just a little fish in a big pond, right? I grumbled, making a mental note to remove the fish line from the dialogue in my first screenplay, Fun Things to Do with Mud. Wendy shook her head. No, what am I then? Pond scum. Don't take it personally. Pond scum? Yes, she said in a voice reserved for telling 12-year-olds they hadn't made the team. But we're going to change all that. People are going to start calling you back soon enough. Hell, someday they'll even call without you having to call them first. To that heady end, Wendy took a treatment I had written and passed it on to an agent friend of hers. A real hotshot who had recently started his own agency after several years of grooming at UTA or CAA or ADD or someplace like that. She told me, he was going to call me, and that his name was Fisher. 
What's his first name, I asked, or should I just call him Mr. Fisher? No, silly. Fisher is his first name. I tried unsuccessfully to suppress a giggle. What's the matter? Haven't you ever met a guy named Fisher? I grew up in a tough neighborhood in Philly, I explained to Wendy. Abandoned crack babies have a better survival rate than boys named Fisher. With a name like that, he would have been snowballed to death in preschool. You best be nice to Fisher, Wendy advised. He's big time. He can really help your career. There seemed no reason to ask the obvious question. If Fisher was so big time, the hell was he doing calling me? Perhaps his doctor told him he wasn't getting enough pond scum in his diet. It didn't matter. The only thing that did matter was that I had finally arrived in Hollywood. Someone would be calling me, and soon. When the call finally came, you can bet I was doubly impressed that it came from Fisher's secretary, who then patched me through to Fisher's cell phone. Apparently there's a subcategory in this Hollywood phone call food chain that has to do with the actual pushing of the buttons and where you take the call. For instance, anyone talking first-look deals through a mouthful of McNuggets is likely slipping down the ladder. If, on the other hand, you get someone on the line who asks you to hold on while he adjusts the palm frond waving rate of the boys in his suite at the peninsula, well, you might be getting somewhere. So a couple thoughts on your movie idea, said Fisher, the sound of rush hour traffic in the background. First off, my friend, you gotta lose the strip club. Why not a nice restaurant instead? Well, I replied, I said it in the strip club because... Jesus Christ, you fucking moron! Excuse me? Sorry, some asshole just cut me off on Melrose, Fisher said. Look, bottom line, I think we got something here. Maybe the restaurant won't work, but you've got mud in the title. Maybe we can set it in a dry cleaners. A dry cleaners? Yeah, my development partner would love it. Great guy named Fong. Runs a little joint on the west side. His delivery guy is a great touch-up script doctor and... (sighs) A better man would have hung up. Instead, I told Fisher that it sure was a small town and I was tight with Fong's secretary and, in fact, thought she was a bit hung up on me. I made a mental note to add that hung-up line to the mud script and listened to him until he lost signal mid-sentence near the 405. When he called back, I let it ring five times before picking it up practicing. That's going to do it for this episode of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Coming up in the next couple episodes, we got Love Life, HBO's Love Life star, Sasha Compare, Tennis legend Andy Roddick will be joining me. And I'm going to take a trip out to the high desert here in California for the opening of a new bar in Pioneer Town. That's right, the legendary Pioneer Town. I will be social distancing, of course, while I'm out there, but I'm going to do a show. And with that, I'm going to leave you with these words of wisdom from the great Oscar Wilde. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. <laughs>